Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak podcast. I am Nikki Ivey, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. I hope you're having a wonderful week, and I hope you've been been enjoying these episodes on breeds, on groups, and just on learning the best way to figure out what is the best dog for you. This week, we are going to be talking toy breeds and terrier breeds. Oh, these are a fun, fun group, um, and we see a lot of them. We're going to start out with our toy group. Um, you know, the toy group, they're just straight up delightful. Uh, even if you don't like really tiny dogs, the toy group, they can just be a lot of fun. Um, they're typically the ideal apartment dog. Um, they're great just to hang out on your lap, but but let's be real. They're not just lap dogs. They're still going to have some genetic traits that uh, you'll need to look at. Some are going to need a little bit more than others. We're going to talk about some of the popular breeds uh, that we see, um, especially in our training and talk about some of the issues that we have run into uh, with those breeds. And then we'll talk about the terrier breeds, uh, which is definitely um, not for everyone. So let's start with the toy. We're going to start with the Cavalier King Charles. I just love this breed. Um, it's actually one of the very um, original lap-sitting dogs. Uh, they really weren't bred for much purpose other than just to sit in your lap. Uh, these days, they will still sit in your lap, but they're not... Um, as we'll just say lazy, um, but they're still very affectionate. They're very gentle. Um, you can almost say that they're graceful, but still athletic. Uh, these dogs can be wonderful uh, companions. Uh, they're pretty much willing to do whatever it is that you want to do. You just have to watch their coat. Uh, they're going to need some grooming. 
Uh, they're going to need to keep their face clean uh, just because sometimes they can have some small little folds um, and just usually some eye run that I will see um, have. But otherwise, the Cavalier King Charles is just such a wonderful, wonderful breed. You can't go wrong with them, I don't think. Um, I think they're good with kids, good with older adults, um, and even uh, with the, you know, active adult that uh, does like to go places. Now, I'm not sure how much I would hike with one, uh, just being that their coat may not be as forgiving, but you can always trim them up to where they could be good little hiking dogs for you. With the small legs, you do have to be careful in not wearing them out too much. Uh, maybe buy some type of backpack that you can put them in and carry them if you need to. But again, not every dog is going to be made to do those things that you enjoy, even if that is in their genetics. So keep that in mind as well. The next one we want to talk about is the Chihuahua. Oh boy, everybody wants to talk about the Chihuahua, the biting uh, dog. And yes, we do see a lot of aggression cases with Chihuahuas. Um, they are a spunky, spunky breed. Uh, they are actually one of the oldest breeds out there. Um, and But they are also um, charming. They can be a little sassy. Uh, but they can also be very graceful. And, you know, these dogs can be wonderful companions. They can be pocket pups. They can go and, and be willing to do anything you want to do with them. Uh, they like to, to be out there and, and see people and do things if they're socialized correctly. Right? It's, not, it's making sure we're not taking these small dogs and not socializing them enough. As well as not just with people, but with other dogs. Just because they're small and tiny, they do need to be around other dogs to make sure that we don't run into aggression problems uh, later on down the road. Um, I think chihuahuas get a bad route, um, unfortunately. Um, but I do think that they can be wonderful companions. Uh, yes, they're going to be a little yappy. But again, something that you can um, work on during training as long as you're aware of it. Uh, and you don't uh, try to take that away from them. In other words, we just want to make sure that we are controlling it uh, to the best of our ability instead of just taking it away because it's who they are. Another one that I'm seeing a lot more of is the Havanese. The Havanese, man, I'm telling you, I've seen a few lately, and, and actually I've got one in, in a group class that we have that's just precious and just love these little dogs. Uh, they are super smart. They're very outgoing. Um, they're also a very funny dog. And, uh, and I think a lot of people take them as, because they're small and can be pretty fluffy, that they're more just kind of a lap dog. But I see these guys, they're smart and they want to do things and they want to socialize and they want to play and, you know, they want to be a dog. And so we got to make sure that we are looking at that and the whole package and not just thinking that, well, I don't really want them to go and get dirty. I don't want them to play in the yard, you know, because I want them to stay clean. Well, then that's probably not the dog for you. They also require some major grooming. Uh, so you got to keep that in mind. The same thing with the Maltese. Maltese are beautiful dogs. And, you know, they are dogs. And I've met clients who have had Maltese that wouldn't even really even let them walk on grass. Uh, because they would get dirty because their hair is so flowy and they're, you know, small to the ground. And, you know, the thing is, is they're dogs and we got to let them be dogs. Um, even though they're cute and small and they will sit with you, uh, they definitely need to, you know, have their needs met. They want to go and do things and meet people and see other dogs. 
they're going to need some grooming, uh, but uh, they're not just a sit around the house all day and do nothing dog. Matter of fact, most of these dogs are not just sit around the house and do nothing all day. Just because they're a lap dog doesn't mean they don't like some activity, right? I love to read. I love to watch movies, um, but I'm also very active. Um, it's a nice balance of both. If I've got plenty of activity physically and mentally, then I can sit down and really enjoy a book or enjoy a movie. Uh, so it's really similar with a lot of these dogs. They need that activity, but um, they're just not really getting it in a lot of these households because people just say, well, they're small. They don't really need that much. Another one, the Papillon. We don't see a lot of those, and, and we do have one in class, and I'm so excited about it because Papillons are just absolutely funny dogs. They're friendly. They're happy dogs. They're very alert. They're aware of their environment. They're aware of the people and the dogs around it, and they want to say hi to everybody. So these dogs are wonderful companions. Um, again, they need some training, just like all of them, uh, to make sure that they are meeting and greeting people and other dogs appropriately, and that they're being um, exposed to many different things. If you're going to be taking dogs out, uh, you know, into public, you need to make sure they're getting exposed no matter the size. Uh, but definitely these smaller dogs, uh, you, you need to allow them to, ex you know, get exposure of going places and not just going places in your arms, but actually walking the ground and getting used to different, um, you know, flooring and different feelings on their paws and just the, the smells that they can find um, around the area. The Pekingese, which is also such a loyal and affectionate breed, um, they're very regal. Um, I don't see these dogs as being super active. They are more of a kind of a lap dog, uh, but they can be very funny. They do have very short snouts, so uh, like the pug, they have a difficulty breathing um, in really hot weather, so you have to be careful. Um, and I said that's kind of the biggest issue with the pug. They're very charming, um, and they're funny, uh, and they're <laughs> they're mischievous. They can definitely get themselves into trouble, um, but they can't do as much outdoors if the if there's a lot of heat. Uh, so they are definitely more of an indoor. Um, so maybe doing something like agility with them would be good. I have seen some pugs do agility. Um, obviously, they're not as fast as some of the other breeds, but it's still things that they want to do something active, right? There's definitely some athleticism to them. The Pomeranian, oh, these dogs are just beautiful. They definitely need a lot of grooming, uh, but they're very inquisitive. Uh, they're usually very bold and lively, um, and they can be very yappy. So you do have to take that in consideration and uh, just know what you're getting and work on it in the beginning as a puppy to make sure that we don't accidentally reinforce the barking um, and that we kind of keep it under control. I never take barking away, but I do want to make sure I have it under control. You know, the toy poodle, the poodle you're finding in everything these days. Uh, and the toy poodle by itself is a wonderful dog, but poodles are very active dogs. They're very proud. They're very smart. Um, they definitely need grooming. Uh, the Poodle is one of those dogs that look like they don't want to get dirty and look like they could just be in a five-star hotel all the time. Uh, but these dogs, they're definitely active, um, and they're going to want to get out um, and enjoy that grass, enjoy that dirt, and just enjoy life in general. So you have to be prepared for that. Um, they're super smart, so you've got to make sure that you start training with them early. 
The Shizu, boy, the Shizu, they are very playful. They're very outgoing. Um, they can be very affectionate. They also require a lot of grooming, so you have to keep that in mind. But overall, just a really good breed. And then lastly, the Yorkshire Terrier. Oh, Yorkies, I tell you, they are just something. Uh, they're very affectionate, but they're also um, very pretty, yet they're usually pretty tomboyish. Okay, so uh, they might can, you know, wear a bow in their hair, but they really like to get into that dirt, get into that grass and do things. Um, actually, Yorkies were bred uh, as ratters in mines and mills uh, before they became lap dogs of uh, Victorian ladies. So even Yorkshire Terriers uh, were used as hunting dogs. And so, uh, you know, once they became kind of lap dogs, uh, that's been bred a lot out of them, but I think that that genetics are still going to be there, and they're still going to want to dig and and uh, chase things. So you do have to be aware that some of these dogs, as small as they are, uh, they still have a lot of activity within them um, that they need to have those needs met. And, of course, they'll need grooming as well. So that is your toy group. Those are some of the most popular breeds. Um you know, small dogs are not for everybody. I've had large dogs for a long time, and um, I'm really thinking about doing a toy breed. Um, but I quite, I haven't quite decided on it yet. But um, they can be a lot of fun. They can be a lot of fun. So let's talk about the terrier. Oh, boy. These terriers. Again, terriers are not for everyone. Uh, they are very feisty. They're very energetic. Um, they can be small, but they can also be large. So terriers are not just a small dog. Um, you're going to have some good-sized dogs in uh, the terrier group. Um, and, you know, again, your small ones, just because they're small, doesn't mean that they don't have that feistiness, um, that ability to, um, you know, go running around the yard and running around the house like a big dog. Uh, they're just easier to handle if they're smaller. Um, but the same kind of personality is there. A lot of the terriers are going to have a special wire coat, uh, and their grooming consists of a stripping method. Now, I am not a groomer. I have never had a dog that I've had to groom, but I have heard a lot about stripping wire coats. So I'm sure some of y'all with terriers um, understand that. And I imagine that the majority of terriers that you may even see out there are going to be a terrier mix. They're typically mixed with something else, but you'll see that wire coat, and you'll know that more than likely they've got some terrier in them. Um, you know, they were bred to also hunt and kill vermin. And so you have to understand that you're going to get some digging, you're going to get some prey drive, you're going to get some hunting drive, and you've got to find a way to meet those needs for them just because they may be small. I'm not going to talk about just the small terriers, though. We're going to start out with the Airedale Terrier. These are large dogs, um, medium to large-sized dogs, much different than your smaller terriers that you may think about. Airedales are very friendly. Uh, they're very clever and very courageous. Uh, you've got to be ready to meet their needs. They're going to need a lot of exercise, a lot of mental stimulation, and especially being that they have not been bred as pets for as long, as some of the other terriers, uh, you're going to need to find a way to meet that hunting need. Um, another one is the um, American Staffordshire Terrier. Uh, these guys, uh, they're super smart, very confident. 
you know, they're mostly good natured, but again, they're high arousal breed. They're going to go zero to 60 very quickly, and you've got to be prepared to deal with that, um, including um, when we're talking about, you know, the, uh, the, the pit bull, I guess you could say. And, and just so you guys know that pit bull is actually not a breed. Um, it's just typically a combination of your American Staffordshire Terrier and your Staffordshire Bull Terrier. Uh, now, the Staffordshire Bull Terrier is a little different, um, but they're also very tenacious. Uh, I mean, they have a lot of stubbornness to them. They're very brave, um, and you've got to have uh, more tenacity than they have if you're going to have any luck in having a very well-behaved dog with them. Um, again, I know pits, and I'm going to just say pits, just to kind of include all that. Um, they're a very popular breed right now, and as fun-loving as they are and as goofy as they are, they are a challenge, and I don't think that um, they are meant for everyone. I think I've seen a lot of owners, don't they just don't have the skill and the ability to handle such a big dog. And when I say big dog, I'm not just necessarily saying the size of a dog, um, just the whole personality. And, of course, a lot of them being in rescue, uh, you're going to have some problems uh, that come along with them that really need to be worked on. Um, and it's unfortunate because it really is a good breed. Um, as we move on, uh, the Border Terrier, you don't see a lot of these guys, uh, but they're affectionate and very happy and fun-loving. Your Bull Terriers, these guys are very stubborn. Um, they are very mischievous, and uh, they are a hard breed. I do not recommend them for inexperienced owners. Um, they definitely need someone um, with experience and experience with that type of personality. Um, I would say it's terrier, uh, the normal terrier attitude times 10. Uh, so they can definitely be a little hard breed. Um, again, people love the way they look, um, but they're just not meant for everyone. Uh, and if you're not sure what the bull terrier is, um, if you've been around for a while, um, I believe it was... Uh, the Bud Light dog. I can't remember his name. I want to say it was Spud. Spud McKenzie was the Bud Light dog. Uh, he was a bull terrier. Um, I th I'm, think I'm pretty correct on that. Maybe I should have looked that up before I talked about it, but I just thought about it. Um, if I'm wrong, y'all can let me know. Otherwise, you can look it up. Uh, the Cairn Terrier. You're definitely going to see a little more Cairn Terriers, um, and I believe uh, the Cairn Terrier, um, these guys are, they're just busy. They have things to do. Uh, they want to do things. They want to see things. Um, they are very alert. They're very happy dogs. Uh, they're not going to be satisfied with just hanging out in the house all day and doing nothing. You're definitely going to want to find some extracurricular activities for them. Uh, the miniature schnauzer, see a lot of these guys. Obviously, they do need some grooming, uh, but they're very friendly and smart. What we're seeing a lot of is we're seeing a lot of barking issues from these guys because they're not, again, not getting their needs met and not starting out as puppies working on that barking. I think if you ask anybody about a toy or a terrier, um, an attribute that you would see from them, most people would probably say excessive barking. Um, but again, it, it's not something that has to be an issue if you take care of it. Um, the Norfolk and Norwich Terrier, these guys are just adorable, okay, but they're fearless, and they're just out for fun, and they're pretty much aware of everything in their environment, 
So they are going to be ready to go. They're going to be ready to see people. They're going to be ready to um, hunt and smell for things and maybe dig. They're not going to care um, if they get dirty. Um, and then you got the Parsons Russell, um, along with just the Russell itself, which is the Jack Russell. Um, they're very clever and athletic. Uh, they're very inquisitive. Jack Russell's, again, wonderful, wonderful dogs. Probably one of my favorite breeds. I haven't had one yet, um, but I really think they're big dogs in a very small package. And again, I don't think they're for inexperienced handlers. I think you have to really be prepared. Uh, they have heavy prey drive, heavy hunt drive, um, and they are zero to 60 as well very quickly. They would fit in that four-legged Ferrari uh, category for sure. But again, wonderful dogs um, if you have experience with that. And then... Um, next to last, you got the Scottish Terrier, which you may know as a Scotty. Well, I'm not seeing as many of them around these days. I used to see them quite a bit, but don't see them as much. Uh, these dogs are pretty independent. So you want to start training early and let them, you know, help them understand that you are a very important part of their pack um, because of that um, kind of independency that they have. And they're very confident and very spirited so you have to be prepared to meet that um, even though they're you know short and they have great fur and when you groom them they're so pretty um, they're not always as regal as they look okay and then probably one of my absolute favorite uh, terriers that I think is the number one dog that I love to see in like doggy daycare is a West Highland White Terrier known as the Westie they are so much fun um, they're very loyal. They're happy and entertaining. And I really feel like they can get pretty much any dog to play with them. Uh, they're just very outgoing. With their white coats, um, they don't mind getting dirty. And so that's something you may need to keep in mind. Uh, you take them somewhere where they have a chance to get dirty, they're probably going to. Uh, they also really enjoy uh, the digging and um, hunting as well uh, they're wonderful dogs but you got to remember grooming for these guys uh, you know if you especially if you are going to take them outdoors quite a bit you know any of these dogs terriers or toy uh, as long as you start training early and you know what you're getting into they can make wonderful companions uh, you just have to understand you can't look at the size or look how cute they are or look how cute the papillon's ears are you've really got to understand what you're getting genetically and making sure that you have the opportunities and the time and the money to um, take care of these guys. You know, grooming is not cheap. And I would say that grooming would need to happen once every four to six weeks. Um, I've never had a dog that needed to be groomed. But uh, from what I see a lot with my clients, I think it's every four to six weeks. Um, so you do have to be prepared for that. And know that you're still going to have to give them some activity. And you're going to have to make sure they have enrichment and um, their needs are met. They're not just going to be satisfied sitting at home watching movies all day with you. So keep that in mind. I hope you've enjoyed this episode on our toy breeds and our terrier breeds. And uh, next week, make sure you come back because we are going to be talking this, about the sporting and non-sporting uh, dog breeds where I think most people know what they're getting when they look at these breeds. Uh, so we'll get into that next week. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the week. And I know that we're not really talking much about training right now, um, but I just felt like this was important to help people try to pick out the best next dog for them. Or when they are ready to rescue a dog or find a dog, they have a clear 
um, understanding of what they need to be doing before they actually look at pictures and pick a dog out. Um, I hope you guys will reach out if you have questions. Um, I hope you will share our uh, podcast with your family and your friends, uh, with your you know rescue buddies, whoever you have. Please share our podcast so we can educate as many people as we possibly can. I appreciate you guys so very much, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week.